So anyway, thank you all for your time. I sort of kind of hijacked the conference for my own kind of therapy session there, didn't I? But never mind. <laughs> it's good for me. It saved me 50 quid. <laughs>
and in that time, I became what my son describes as a robot zombie. I just wasn't there, which for him was scary. This led to a huge crisis and I nearly lost everything. I couldn't get up and I was stuck. Children's services nearly took my son into emergency care when he was about seven, seven and a half, which is the difficult bit. Like you can't get them back very easily if they take them in an emergency. I'd already called children's services. We already had a social worker and a family development worker. Um, everything that could be offered was in place, but it was getting worse. While my ex was on holiday abroad, I was at a food bank. Nothing felt right. Linear behavior patterns weren't working and my family were hurting my son. And I'd opted out of self-care. Um, I couldn't keep my son in school and I couldn't keep us safe. I just didn't know what to do. Like, who do you talk to about that kind of stuff? Like, there's just no one. Um, the day my son nearly went into care, I had a team of professionals in my living room. And I had a friend there who had seen all of my ugly and stayed. Someone took my son off to have a look around at where he would stay once a week for overnight um, for respite. And I sat on the floor with a massive sheet of paper with the lovely Nikki Bramford and I plotted out what I had left. The people and the support that I was going to use to keep my son with me. So from that piece of paper, I subsequently grew from this, what I call my village. We spoke of what I'd lost, so my family, a husband, some friends, um, and what I didn't have, but I didn't understand the significance of. Um, this piece of paper highlighted clearly what we did have, the services, the few friends that, I could, that would come over and be with us or help us get out of the house. We had a social worker and a family development worker and people that were there physically or at the end of the phone. Um, I had also met this guy with a dog and I'm not gonna gush, but he's still around. I, I've been part of a local roller derby team and it was the only community that I'd ever been able to stay with. And it felt weird though. I've been part of it for five years. And it was a great excuse for the bruises I was covered in and my dramatic weight loss. I stopped skating because my son needed me more intensely and I was learning to be there. Though I still have friends from the league that will always be there for us. Writing what my support looked like showed me what I didn't have and it showed me what I'd lost but it also showed me that there was hope. Taking an axe to your world and cutting away the toxic dead wood is a really, really good way to become lonely. 
but I was in crisis, and even though I had friends there to help, I was still alone in my circumstances. I learned to ask for help, and I learned to lean into my village. It meant I could start to feel worthy of the space that I took up, and it meant I could ask my neighbour if she wanted a cuppa. I learned to identify my village and what it was and how to use it. I learned how to take what I needed and leave what I didn't. If someone says that if you are someone for, if you ha if you're brave enough to ask somebody for help and they can't help you it doesn't mean they don't want to, it might just mean that they can't do it right now. It doesn't mean, no, you're, in, you're unimportant and never ask again. Everyone has their limits and sometimes no is just no, I love you, but no. And that's okay. I had come out of the depression, the crisis of my depression, and I was adrift and I used all the support that had come in so that I became an anchor for my son. I was furiously picking to stay afloat and it was hard, but it was worth it. So moving forward from having written down what my village was, I was able to take responsibility for my actions and behaviors and learn to be the mum that my son needed. I was only able to grow this authentic confidence because I learned how to feel. <laughs> Years of trauma had made me numb. The mumbling child I had been was allowed to be angry, and she was allowed to shout, and she was allowed to be safe. Uh, this meant I could recognize when my son wasn't okay and I could keep him safe. We are about two years from my mum from my mum from my son coming out of being edge of care I dip in and out of support as it suits our needs and sometimes it's a Facebook group for ASD or ADHD families because his behaviours are similar but he has no diagnosis he goes to a youth club I have a yoga class I go to my studio, I maintain the, my relationships with my friends, I value their needs as well as ours, I speak with my siblings, I spend a significant, of time, a significant amount of time on social media in a balanced, reformed way. It means I can stay connected while remaining present at home and I can get support as I need it and just put my phone away when my son needs me. Recently it was Carers Week, and I was looking for a group to attend for carers of people with mental illness, much like the one that had a cream tea in, here in Lowestoft. Um, because I'm my son's carer, he goes to a therapy-based school, but they run a family day, I think once or twice a term, but I need something more regular. Uh, I was looking around and I found a children's centre and I just walked in and asked what they had going on. 
um, they had a support group that wasn't specific to our kind of extra, but I'm allowed to go because I asked, because I turned up. The type of extra me and Dino Boy are mean that there isn't anything out there for us to attend specific to our needs. And I have a perfectly capable 12-year-old. But some of the issues my friends with small children have are still things that I cope with. And that's okay. It's just a bit isolating. Luckily, because I discovered how to talk, I now have two friends that understand exactly what it's like in, and the important thing is to find a way to believe that you are worth support in order to feel confident to look for it and ask for it because you are enough yeah I'm kind of I talk about yeah if it in the breakout session, if you fill up for it, I'm inviting you to put down on paper what your village is. Um, and I totally understand that that might be really daunting, and I'm not asking you to create a beautiful finished masterpiece. It just, it's the significance of identifying your support from the big bits, the significant relationships, but also from the day-to-day -day moments that you have. Maybe you nod to your postie, or those little bits of conversation that you have with the person at a coffee shop you go to all the time. Even if you don't ask questions or comment, seeing others speak in social media about things that you're dealing with is so significant in not feeling alone. If you feel like you have nothing, that's okay too. There are places to start and things to build. There are things to build on to make a robust village, especially for you. Um, talked, Catherine, about, um, and if you've got any questions yourselves, just, just let us know. You talked, Catherine, about kind of that idea of drawing out your, your village, yep. so kind of creating um, a, a visual for you, I guess it was, of, of who was there for you and everything like that. What, what, does, what did that do? I mean, what, what was the meaning of that? When you look back on it now, because when you're doing it, you do something at the time, it kind of has one meaning, but I think when you then look back on it, you can kind of reflect what the impact was. All I could think of at the time was it was looking to see who could share the burden of us. Um, but looking back from where I am now, it's... It's the love and, like, worthiness of those mm. people, I think. Yeah, so people, it, so it was, and then was that the biggest support was people who kind of would give you just love and be there and... Yeah, the, the non-judgmental, yeah, there was one friend in particular and she literally saw all of my ugly oh. and um, she would come around and I would have a bath and she would cook dinner because... Mine and my son, son's relationship was so intense that I didn't have, I couldn't leave him to be safe to have a bath. And at the time, um, my mum was trying to have my son put into care. 
So I was allowing my friend to be my mum, I right. think. And what do you, when you sort of reflect back now as well, because obviously there's an impact on you, there's an impact on a child that you're raising, and kind of what, how have you kind of come through that? What's, what's, what's helped to kind of to make that more safe and more real, I suppose? The big bit, I think, for me was leaning into my therapy a whole lot. Right. Um, I worked out... Why... I worked out why my feelings were difficult, why I couldn't talk about feelings. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help my son through what he was going through because I couldn't put words to it. Okay. So doing the therapy then gave me the, the, the understanding that then gave me the confidence to look at his behavior and my behavior and go forward and try things and feel confident to try things. And what made you able to, because at the same time as you're dealing with feelings and those things, I'm assuming if you're sort of edge of care proceedings and you're having to do practical stuff as well to demonstrate that you're able to, yeah. to literally take care of a child. So how, how was that, how did you come to that as well at the same time? What was the... It was, I had to check out my shame, I think. I just had to leave my shame at the door okay. and be utterly shameless in the best possible way. Um, we were really lucky in that we got to access Compass Outreach, right. who I can't say enough positive things about. Okay. Um, so I'd gone from having a family development worker from social services who was telling me things like, you just need to pull your socks up, you need to just get a backbone. You are a childminder. Why can't you do this? Um, to someone who would just be there with us and could see our limits, but could also see the bits to build on. And we built on those bits together. Mm. And not only was that person really amazing at her job and was a good human, she also spoke with my son's art therapist from Compass Outreach, and she was able to speak to um, my therapist if needed, and they all spoke together, and they could speak to the social worker, and they could speak to school, and it just felt, right. it was really good support. Okay. And, I mean, what the, the, my first account of you was kind of seeing your project you've done around your art and there's yeah. some quite powerful stuff that you produce yeah. what was the power for you of you know leaning into your creativity and getting involved and having that outlet in terms of giving you a way to, to cope with what you're coping with what was the significance of a hobby or an activity or a I it meant I could get everything out without having to talk mm -hmm. it meant it still I still use it to express those things that I can't speak out loud. Um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to have a studio, but also I have to take responsibility for the fact that my work scares my son, so I can't do it at home. Okay. Um, yeah. And it also means what I put into it 
is nonverbal, and that means I can share it with others and they get it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's particularly if they've been in similar situations. So it gets things, for you it gets things out, but it also invites people in. It, yeah, it yeah, really okay. invites people in. Has anybody else, has anybody else kind of got that? They've got some, something that they do, a hobby, an activity, they just, just lets them get stuff out without having to sort of speak about it, or it gives them something back. Is that a common sort of thing? Okay, so has anybody, anybody got any questions for, well, for Catherine or for Eve Roberts? Anybody want to ask a question? Hello. Sean, here we are. I'll, try, I'll just try and get this over to you. Hello. Hi. Um, you, you said that um, your art scares your child. What is it that you draw that makes him scared? In that phase, I'm currently in a boob and wave phase, but that phase was eyeballs, vaginas, and teeth. Mm. Um, <laughs> the, nice. that he, the one that he was most scared of is a torso with a mouth and teeth and eyes coming out of the side of the torso. Do, do you feel that reflected your mood at the time? Yeah. So, I felt so like it was almost a self-portrait? Yeah, def I think all of my work is, yeah, and it's really weird talking about my work without my work here. Um, yeah, it is. I felt like a monster because of the situation that I allowed myself and my son to get into um, and I kind of had to take responsibility of that and not be scared of it yeah okay thank you very much thank you any other questions anybody else have questions yeah of course you can I just think it's really it sounds really really lovely the relationship you've got with your son and I just wanted to say it beautiful and it's lovely to hear you talk like that that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody got a question that they want to ask? Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit, you touched on it, but the activity that you're thinking of doing with people who want to join in with it, what will that look so, like? So I've literally just got some big bits of paper. Um, I've got some stickers. Stickers. Uh, stickers. Because who doesn't love a sticker? I've got star stickers, smiley face stickers, um, little labels. Um, I've got crayons if you want to get a little bit sort of nursery and I've got some really nice marker pens as well to just I mean I've also got like stuff you can just stick on like pom-poms and other little bits and pieces you don't have to name like what it is that's in your village if you're feeling feeling protective about what you have and haven't got, you can put something there that represents something that only you understand. Um, but also it might be helpful that if you are feeling confident about your village, if you write it down as little plots on a piece of paper so someone else might see it and go, oh, I could use that. I could totally use that. Um, for example, I dip in and out of Facebook groups when I need it. Um, what else do I use? I don't know. I've got some friends that I phone and I can just go, oh, I had this really horrible dream. It was really PTSD, gross, and I feel hungover from it. And the last time I did this, I actually just pressed record on WhatsApp and sent her my dream. Like, this happened, and then this happened, and then this thing happened. And I just pressed send, 
and I was able to just give that away, and it, I wasn't stuck with that PTSD <laughs> hangover for the rest of the day. Um, okay. Yeah. So yes, that's one activity you can see. If you want to stay with Catherine, stick around here, and then we'll create those kind of villages for, for, for yourselves and each other.